that's rough. Well, <clears throat> I'm uh, posting to our Twitter so that our our fans can know that we're <laughs> we're recording. Yeah, we the man we've... that the man won't <laughs> silence us. Exactly. <clears throat> I, we've uh... gotten three followers in the last since we started since we recorded the last episode. So you could say we're succeeding pretty wildly. That's we're like, doing better than we've ever done. This is the most <laughs> followers we've gotten in literal years. Uh, my friends, there's like a party going on right now, and everybody's trying uh-huh. to get me to go right now. And I'm like, no, uh, I'm podcasting. Damn, they must think you're cool. <laughs> yeah, I'm too. I'm too cool for for them. I'm 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 very disappointed by how few of your followers you've been able what to the uh, fuck? been able to migrate to this podcast. But I'm just throwing it out here. You're you're a very active Twitter user, and frankly, I would expect you to be able to convert more followers. My one of my friends is at the party. Just added the podcast right now. <laughs> He's like, "Hey man, come hang." No, I I'm committed to the podcast. You know, like where I was an hour ago, I was I was at my girlfriend's place and then I was I was ripped from her loving embrace like a like a drafty because I had to serve my duty here on the on the podcast. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. I you know, I too am making sacrifices to be here. What's that? Well, I was thinking of doing other things tonight, but I didn't because we were doing a podcast. Mostly, I was going to go to bed around nine. Yeah, which is about now. I know. See, that's sucks. It's rough. <laughs> Here, uh, Nate T. Sucks. Yeah, just uh, just as a note. Yeah, Nate, he sucks. He's questioning. He, also... he doesn't even. He doesn't even believe I'm podcasting right now. What the hell? I responded to him. Wait one second. One second. How can he not believe that Here we're podcasting if avoid... I have literally responded to him? And- Kind of bummed that you're not here right now, and I'm dude having a good time. And Nate, you're uh, a piece of shit. Yeah, I'll tell him, Nick. Yeah, and if you don't come, I'll quit. <laughs> <laughs> That's I'm sorry. He's the bassist in the band I'm in. He just threatened to quit the band. Frankly, you don't need that negativity. And let's be honest, who really needs a bassist? <laughs> yeah, that's true. Oh fuck. I know this isn't related to the podcast, but I've been thinking a lot about it. So I think I'm going to look it up real quick mm-hmm. here. Uh, my girlfriend told me about this guy. And I didn't, I didn't know he existed. I'm going to just send a Wikipedia page over Discord here. Oh, God, I don't like that at all. <laughs> just, just the thumbnail. I, I don't like it's really bad. It's terrifying. So, uh, it stalking tiger. Um, not even stalking tiger. It's just stalking cat. Oh, stalking cat. Sorry. Yeah, he uh, he went through extensive body modification to make himself look like a cat. So, no, like, he a got, tigress. A tigress. Yeah. So he got his like um, cheeks made really big, and he got like shit in his in his lips that look like whiskers, and he's filed his teeth. Um, he has a robotic. It's not in the picture, but he's got a robotic tail. That's how we well, got started on that. He doesn't have anything right now. He is very dead. Oh, that, that, yeah. That I think it's funny that he was born in 1958 
Like, because I think we think of weird people like this as being the kind of like, you know, Gen Z crazy kids these days. But mm-hmm. like this dude is the product of like, of, he's a boomer. Yeah. Not only that, the process started in the 80s. Man, that's yeah. terrifying. Terrifying. I just, just to be really insensitive in general, I do not understand why you would do something like this. Yeah, I don't understand the thought process behind it at all. I think like, there had. Oh, here, wait. This is funny. Wait, wait. I didn't even see this in, until I. I'm just gonna read a paragraph from his uh, from his biography on Wikipedia. Uh-huh. Uh huh. While living in San Diego, he met Tess Calhoun at a furry convention. Over oh, several boy. years, he formed a close relationship with Calhoun and her husband Rick Weiss. In 2005, Weiss's job with Boeing required the couple to move to Washington, and they asked Stalking Cat, then aged 47, to join them. So they've got like a pet cat. Uh, huh. the, tr- the trio moved to Freeland, Washington. Uh, da, 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 da. He stood out in the small town, and the local newspaper occasionally ran articles on him. One article referred to him as a cigarette smoking, out of work registered Republican who owns firearms and left California because he <laughs> believes it's become a communist state. Huh. That's uh I just love that he's I don't know what's so funny about stalking cat being a Republican, but it's that's good to me. It's really funny to me. Yeah, that's uh ultimately very sad story from a pretty troubled looking person. Yeah. Good lord. I remember seeing pictures like this in like but like in like uh, conservative or like Christian propaganda oh, growing geez, up, yeah. where it was like, look at, see, these are lost people. And so just finding out that he's a Republican who left California because it was too communist for him. Yes. Really? Like there's something kind of vindic- vindictive. Of course, about there, is that. A, there is an irony there where he also left California because the people who were paying for him to le- live and supporting him in every way moved from California. Yeah. I feel like I need to post something on the Discord so this isn't looking at me the whole episode. Yeah, I'm going to need that as well. This is disturbing. I don't like it. I'm made very uncomfortable by it. And I'm just sending some very. I need at least another one more, one or two more. Yeah, I'm sending just some various photos that were on my desktop. That that scans. Yeah, that I can see being on your desktop, if not being your desktop. The nice. reason, okay, the reason the Soviet flag um, is on my desktop is I loaded it up as a um, a Zoom background that I could whip out in <laughs> classes. I, I should have done that at work. That <laughs> would have been hilarious. That. I did that once. I did it in a theology class. It was very funny. I love that. Um, because they were talking about how um, Karl Barth refused to denounce the Soviet Union Mm-hmm. And then I switched that to my background and said, good. <laughs> Got to start blaring the Soviet national anthem as you're going. Just really, really drive it home. So we've had a. <laughs> I think we've covered a lot. <laughs> yeah, we've we've covered some ground here. Um, yeah. As most people could tell, this is uh, this podcast episode is about Roswell. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You could tell from our lead-in with the Russians. We'll uh, yeah. we'll get to that. We'll get to that. Yeah. Uh, so I guess I probably formally say welcome to very legal, very, very cool, cool. A 
a podcast only legal a podcast. No, no, that I was changing it every time. Uh the legal of you, you cut me off. I had only. one prepared. I had one prepared and you just cut me off like that. I'm so oh, sorry, go ahead. Okay. Welcome to Very Legal, Very Cool. Very podcast, legal, very a sorry. A podcast devoted. I thought you were gonna cut me off again. <laughs> Welcome to Very Legal, Very Cool, a podcast devoted to repeating government propaganda. And then I would play the intro music. Oh, nice. Yeah, no, that's a yeah. good one. I, yeah, since we're doing Oswald. Yes, right. I made three different GarageBand theme songs, and that was my favorite of the three because mm -hmm. the other one sounded too much like we were kind of trying to be cool, and that one just like there's something about it that just really right. it really screams no, it comes effortlessly. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so we're here at the very legal, very cool studio. Yep. Yeah. What are you drinking today, Jared? I am drinking a Corona Extra, twelve That's ounces. Cool. Limited edition, actually. I'm uh, similarly drinking a Corona hard seltzer flavored in the flavor of cherry. I would not really call that similar. I think it's similar. <laughs> They're both Corona. Yeah, I guess. I think it's good. I, I don't know what beer tastes like anymore. Beer is all right. I've been drinking a lot less beer recently, mm. so... I should probably say, because we're referencing now conversation that happened off mic. The reason I don't know why beer, what beer tastes like anymore is I've been eating no carbs since like March. Um, so all I can drink is seltzers right now. <laughs> With reckless abandon. No, I I pretty much stopped drinking for a couple a couple months, I think. That's probably and good. Yeah, I, th I think it was in general good. I lost about 20 pounds, which is cool. Um yeah, I lost, in the last I'm, couple months, but if I was running, I'd be losing a lot of weight right now, I think. But I haven't been yeah, running. There anymore. you go. But well, I, I I have dropped twenty five pounds over the last couple months. So. Nice, nice. Yeah. But yeah, when I'm you uh, were really 20... fat before that, twenty five isn't a lot. <laughs> <laughs> all counts. All counts. It's a small percentage. <laughs> That's like a small child that you've lost, or like a dog in a backpack. <laughs> yeah. I took off a backpack. Just, you know, got to keep taking backpacks off, then eventually taking fanny packs off, and then you're pretty much set. This is the latest in the day we've recorded a podcast thus far, and I understand we've only had two episodes, but uh, <laughs> I'm not used to the garage getting dark, so I'm going to go turn the light on. <laughs> <laughs> uh. Man, you got to, you got to, yeah, I'm good. Uh, you got to get on the internet more. I've been trying to cut back, actually. No, I think you need to do more. I've started reading books, which has been interesting. I've read a few of them. I uh, also have read read a few of them. What have you been reading lately? <laughs> I've been eating Eat and no, Run. I read the book. Oh, yeah. No, it's the name of the book. Oh. Eat and Run. I read North. I read... Anatomy for Runners. I read Jack Daniel's Marathon <laughs> Formula. I read Hale Higdon's book on running marathons. I read Nancy Clark's Guide to Marathon Nutrition. Like, that's good for you, man. 
Thanks. But it's, you know, it's not really on brand. No. No, it's not. I, I'm finding that I am much less on brand than I, I, than I used to be. I don't think you're even allowed to break a brand in the first two episodes of a podcast. That's not a good <laughs> podcast then. No. Oh, man. I've uh, also been doing a lot of drugs. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, sure. We're okay, drinking. cool. Yeah. That's, that's our street. I've stopped drinking. I've started eating better and I've started doing a lot of drugs. Yeah, you just have to counter it out. You have to do a bad thing for every good thing you do. Right, right. Mm -hmm. Run a marathon, do meth. I've been microdosing meth for my ADHD, and it has worked <laughs> wonders. <laughs> oh, this is the second episode we've talked about meth. Nice. Okay. This is about Roswell. <laughs> this is about Roswell, New Mexico, and the aliens that lived there. What, what we're briefly. getting at is that as aliens. Basically, um, all of the very well-documented and thoroughly debunked stuff in New Mexico, in Roswell, New Mexico, Yeah, all government propaganda. Wikipedia is just spitting out what they, they want are. you to think. I mean... <laughs> How biased, you know, how biased can you get, right? The world's most famous, most exhaustively investigated, and most thoroughly debunked UFO claim. Like, come on. If like really conspiracy theory people started listening to this podcast, I don't think they'd like us. No, no, we're we're certainly Generally like, you not. know, setting up shop and vacationing in the conspiracy theorist world. Doing yeah. very, very uh shallow research and talking about everything but the conspiracy theory we're talking about, but that's okay because really this is a podcast about conspiracy theories and not any specific conspiracy theory, more of a grand concept of conspiracy yeah. theories. Yeah. I mean, I think you and I are kind of people, I think we generally do buy the official story for a lot of these. Speak for yourself. Yeah, I do. But like, we'll get into why, why it's, I'm a little bit, I feel like we're both a little not quite fully on the, like, by the official story. It's, well, it's more that, like, I believe in conspiracies. I just don't believe they're, like, aliens or faking the moon landing or whatever. Well, do you believe in aliens? Uh, do you believe that, A, aliens exist, and, B, we've made, we've made contact or they know that we exist? I don't really but to either I'm, yeah to either but i'm willing You're a fucking to fucking idiot i'm willing to be proven wrong i'm more likely to believe aliens do exist and we just haven't made up made it like contact See, i would i would say that it is almost a certainty that aliens exist and we have not made contact mm. and it is a possibility that we have made contact mm. you're more conspiracy theory than i am that's probably true, but specifically about aliens. That's that's interesting. Oh, yeah, because I think I'm more likely to doubt, like, just coming as, like, a communist on here. I'm more sure. likely to be, like, I don't buy pretty much anything the FBI ever says. That's fair. So that's I, very I think fair. That, that's where I'm more likely to be, like, like, I'm always really hesitant whenever there's a press report about something happening in North Korea. Um, not because oh, I'm sure. like, not because I'm like super pro North Korea, but just because like, I understand that they're generally getting their sources from like, you know, government agencies in the US and 
the government agencies in the U.S. generally have an invested interest in not liking North Korea. You know what I mean? But would, I mean, would you prefer that they get those sources from North Korea? Uh, no, I'd rather. They, they certainly I'd rather, have a vested interest in North Korea. For sure. For sure. I just, but I, that's what I'm, I'm saying, I guess, is like, mm-hmm. oh, okay. So like citations needed as a podcast. I like a lot. Yeah. Um, and they, in the, one of their first episodes, they were like, we're not going to talk shit about North Korea. And the reason they're saying that is like, there's plenty of press spilling mm-hmm. about that. And sure. yeah. And it, like the thought process being we're coming. Okay. I'm coming from like a Gramsci perspective. If I'll get mm-hmm. into theory for a second where epistemologically, we're going to be more inclined to dislike North Korea. Sure. Um, so I'm always going to be just skeptical of the media in regard to that. I'm not going to say like, trust everything North Korea says in the same way. I'm not going to be like, Oh yeah. Soviet sources are always rad. Um, but I'm right. also going to understand that the U S has a vested interest like against those countries. So. That's fair. And I mean, that's probably a healthy way to look at the media in general, right? Everybody's got a vested interest about it, about something or most. Oh, sure. So, you know, for I'm, sure. I'm <laughs> very hesitant to trust any media about most things. Or at yeah. the very least, any one source. Mm-hmm. But uh, as for aliens, though, that so that's that's what I guess I'm gonna say. My thesis for a lot of the like conspiracy theory episodes we're gonna do, mm-hmm. um, generally, is just that like th- that you don't need to dig that deep or look for that supernatural of conclusions to understand how a conspiracy happens. Like it doesn't have mm-hmm. to be the Illuminati. It's generally just uh, money interests. And right. you can like, you can demonstrably look at like the relationship between police unions and local news. You don't have to like assume there's some master person pulling the puppet strings when it's just literally right in front of you if you want to like look, look at it. Like, yeah, but can't it's there be not, both? It's not hidden. Maybe. Like, but uh, I'm more inclined to lean that way. Let's, you know, let's, let's go on a, a brief. Side journey here, a little side quest, and let's interrogate me and my beliefs. Let's let's bring in the new world order. Let's take that as an example. So, yeah, you know, the new world order, if that does, if that is a thing that that certainly exists, can coexist with greed and money and every other reason that you know you're saying you would debunk it right there. Like, it could be just all of that centralized on the top now the what the quote-unquote new war, world order might look like might not be you know the illuminati so much as just an interest group or you know the the yeah. the reality is often far lamer than the conspiracy theory but the conspiracy theory may still hold water in in a way that you don't necessarily expect like i think a good example would be and now this is probably going to sound pretty conspiracy theory s but like mind control you know mind controls uh, a huge conspiracy theory and like this this idea of government mind control through like mk ultra and this and that and this and that but you know i think to a degree it's mind control is real it's just not as cool and sexy as it is in in the media 
especially if what the mind control actually is, is just a lot of conditioning and advertising yeah, yeah, and yeah. this and that, like, right. Like, but I mean, it's still there and you have to imagine that again with MK ultra, like all that research didn't just disappear. Um, it's well, likely being yeah. used in some way or another. It's just, again, the truth is far lamer than the mythology. Speaking of MKUltra, we should do that MKUltra episode soon. Um, oh, yeah, absolutely. For sure. But um, no, I think we're basically agreeing here, though. I think mm -hmm. the way we're framing it is just different. Um, because that's that's kind of what I'm saying. Like, there's a good um, there's a good Bong Joon-ho quote, like mm -hmm. the uh, guy who directed Parasite. If you're yeah. Not yeah. I assume you're familiar, but I'm just saying for the sake of yeah. the um, Fuck him. Fuck him. We do. I, I'm going to butcher the quote, but basically he says, we, we do live in an international government. It's just called global capitalism. And his point being like, when we think of like, we think of like a big government or whatever, or even like differences of nations on the whole, they're kind of all being guided by the same ideology. And so there kind of is a thing that's pulling puppet strings at the top. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Well, and I mean, frankly, I think that as a as a civilization we are far you we're on like the fast track to globalism like yeah, it or yeah. not in fact in many ways we're already there like you said but even beyond that just the internet as a concept has almost mandated a really high level of globalism even like think back to when you were a kid oh um, yeah like and that's not that that's a decade, decade and a half ago. Yeah. Not even close to, to what it is today. Oh, for sure. And I mean, kind of the interesting point, because if I remember right, he was saying that in context of an interview where somebody was asking how Parasite being a Korean film is so generally relatable to most people, I think. Mm -hmm. And that's kind mm -hmm. of it. Like, like the lifestyle of South Korea has like some general cultural mores that are like changed. But I mean, I, you watch Parasite, and if you kind of ignore just the general like really Korean aspects of it, it's it's a story that could happen in the U.S. You know, certainly. It's, yeah. Well, and you know, to a degree, people are similar across cultures in many ways. But like you're saying, society in general is all moving in the same direction. There's the yeah the, the capitalism that exists between countries and is almost mandated now to participate in an international you know, an international trade and international relations mm -hmm. and so okay so then my argument and then this will lead us to roswell because we'll come mm -hmm. back to this argument because i'm making right. it which is that I don't believe generally in most conspiracy theories as they're formulated by like conspiracy theorists mm -hmm. but because of the global situation we're in, we are more inclined to believe in those for good reason. So we can talk about Roswell now because we have gone yeah. way off topic. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I mean, that's, I think, no, I think is, it's related. Yeah. This is what we're, we're trying to get at with the podcast in general, right? To mm. get to the heart of what conspiracies are and why people believe them. People like ourselves. What happened you know? in Roswell? Why don't Why don't you give us the spiel? Because you were so good at it earlier. Oh, thanks. <laughs> well, in June fourteenth of nineteen forty-seven, a guy by the name of William Brazell, a foreman working on the J.B. Foster Ranch, 
found some debris about 30 miles north of Roswell, New Mexico. He thought it was weird, like a bunch of rubber strips, some tin foils, some paper, a couple sticks. And uh, he just left it and then came back with his son, collected some of it, told the sheriff, the sheriff told the army, the army told the FBI, and through a series of press releases, they concluded that it was a weather balloon and the story got forgotten for about 30 years. 30 years later, a group of UFO researchers, and this is kind of 1978 through the early 1990s, a group of UFO researchers uncover the press releases that uh, that the Roswell Army Air Force Base had put out as this was unfolding in 1947. And they were interested because the... Uh, Roswell Army, they had initially described it as a flying disc. And so it it was uh, put out to the media or to the publics as a UFO. It just, you know, what it what they ultimately told them it was was a weather balloon, which we'll get to was not actually correct either. But much is like half true. Yeah, Yeah, yeah. But so they uncover this. They interview hundreds of people who claim to have a connection with the events. They obtained hundreds of documents through a Freedom of Information Act requests. And their conclusion was that there was an alien spacecraft that had crash landed near Roswell, that there had been alien bodies in the crash, and the government had covered the whole thing up. Tons of eyewitness accounts and what seemed like a, a pretty clear government cover-up from 1990 from the 1990s onward this obviously spiraled into one of the most famous and most investigated ufo claims in history but um it's also you know fairly well debunked um through through quite a few quite a few means um but, we should do a we should do a detour here real quick because yeah. there's another chunk I have in the notes that I wanted to talk about. Too. Yeah. So there's the book that we interviewed there. Sorry for cutting you off. No, so the, the book we we talked about in the beginning there, the like that was like the initial like research was in 1980 was a Roswell incident. Then there was another book that I don't remember the name, but it was a researcher named uh, Stan Friedman. He was a nuclear f- physicist, but he was interviewing some government um, officials who were kind of like related to this and the government had supposedly threatened them to keep their mouths shut about it. Mm. And then around the same time that all this research was coming out, a guy um, came out from area 51 who worked at area 51 and claimed that he saw flying saucer. So then that's the connection. That is where they kept them. Yeah. So that's where we get the connection between area 51 and Roswell. Mm -hmm. Um, That's why we like to come together is because just those two things came out at the same time. Actually, technically, it's S4 and not Area 51. Area 51 uh, did not house the alien spacecraft. That was the other site, uh, S4. I'm going to kick you in the dick. Look, man, I'm just <laughs> quoting Bob Lazar. Oh, terrible. <laughs> oh, I hate, I hate it. <laughs> but yeah, so... Sorry. All of this aside, Debunk there was it. a cover-up. You know, this... the. They were right to question Roswell because the story that the government gave them was not factual. 
Um, it was like, it was like half true. Yeah. Well, I don't even know that half true is fair because it, you know, it wasn't a weather balloon, right? It was a balloon. Well, it, it was a high altitude balloon. So, but yes, just, but, but to, to say, but no, so I, we're, we're just arguing semantics here. The point is they said, Oh, it's just a balloon, <laughs> but it was more than that. <laughs> right. Well, and to be clear too, these, these balloons that they use are much larger than weather balloons. Oh, and okay. they carry, uh, they're carrying different equipment. You know, like that disc, you wouldn't have necessarily found on a weather balloon, right? Right, right. So, so yeah. But they were they were covering something up. It was a a balloon that was part of Project Mogul, which was a nuclear test surveillance project where the U.S. government was trying to detect Soviet tying the Soviets back in. Um, <laughs> detect Soviet nuclear testing, um, and they they would do this by attaching microphones to these balloons and trying to pick up and triangulate seismic activity. And so they didn't want that to that to get out. It's top secret project, and so they lied. So so that's what's interesting about it is the actual answer is pretty boring. Uh but it like was a government cover up. <laughs> right. You know, just yeah. for something way lamer. Though I I mean Project Mogul is actually pretty cool. Um yeah. Oh, we'll get into government projects in future oh, episodes. I, I can't yeah. wait. I can't wait till we could talk about a conspiracy on this podcast that I like that we like wholeheartedly believe. It'll yeah. be fun. Like the moon landing. No. Right. Right. <laughs> Absolutely not. <laughs> We'll release that episode at some point. <laughs> yeah, so I mean that is the the fun part about Roswell, but that gets at you know another point that I believe you wanted to make, Josiah, about about these conspiracies. Like, and and this is true of of a lot of conspiracies that the truth is usually there in in some regard, but it's usually way different or lamer than. Uh, <laughs> then the conspiracy theory itself would have you believe, but not necessarily less impactful. Like, you know, with Roswell, the alien thing, that's kind of a big deal. It's a super big deal if the government is covering it up. But, you know, nuclear testing is also kind of a big thing. Um, yeah. yeah. And something that maybe shouldn't have gone as ignored as it was. But what do you think, Josiah? You've been awfully quiet lately. No, yeah. I was trying to find this statistic to talk about why nuclear stuff matters, but I'm not going to Google it. I'm not yeah. going to find it, but it was basically like, um, okay. If I remember right, like if you're born before a certain year um, and this, if I'm right, that year includes like my own dad um, there. If you do like scans of their bones, you can still find nuclear effects on them mm -hmm. because that's how much nuclear testing was going on mm -hmm. in like the sixties and seventies. Um, and then to the later date, I think there is a date where you can still find stuff in like our bones. It's, you know, it's a, a problem I, in uh, with certain metals, you know, like across the world to this day that much of our metal supply is radioactive. And yeah, it, it's actually kind of a, a difficult commodity to find, to find non-radioactive metals. I believe that this is true. I might be totally talking out my ass and I, misleading I really everyone. like our, our, 
I really like our style of podcast where we go like, ah, I heard this thing one time. Yeah, it's all anecdotal there. If, if you're trying to take away anything real from this, that's a mistake on your end and therefore not our mm. fault. Um, yeah. yeah, well, that's on you. Like, I don't even have my undergrad degree yet. And you're like taking me as a source. So like, that's really your problem, man. I, Actually, I have two degrees, so. When you say you have two degrees, do you mean you double majored? Yeah. Fuck you. Okay, <laughs> fine. I, I have, I'm going to have two degrees also. What? I was wondering, because in that first episode, you said there's three degrees among us. And so I was like, was he talking about the fact that I got my associates before I worked on my bachelor's? No, that can't be it. What is no. he talking about? No. <laughs> it's the dumbest flex I can make. Yeah, I'm a double major too. <laughs> like you're, you're not special. But I disagree. I am special. I have two uh, degrees. Both equally useless. A fun part about this conspiracy that I just want to throw in there, but it's like mm -hmm. not super relevant, is there's this journalist, uh, Annie Jacobson, who is interviewing a bunch of Area 51 people um, after the Roswell, well, after the kind of Roswell stuff was coming back to light in the 80s because um, of Friedman. And she interviewed a guy at Area 51 who claimed that most flying saucers they saw actually came from the Soviet Union. So, like, he debunked so like UFOs, but really just made it more, like, interesting. <laughs> yeah. Know. It's just Soviet aliens is the difference here. Yeah, we still didn't click that Wikipedia link of Nazi UFOs. We gotta, we'll get there, I'm, though. We'll get there. I don't think I don't think we're ready. I don't think we're ready yet. I'm clicking the Wikipedia link. God damn it! <laughs> All right, that's a lot. Of, that's a lot of words. Yeah, know. that's that's pretty long. The the picture is kind of cool, though. Yeah. Yeah, we'll we'll get to that. We'll get to that. Yeah. Anyway, want to touch on the the Roswellian syndrome? Yeah. Before I we think, before we wrap it up. Yeah, I think Roswellian syndrome is a good, uh, almost a framing device for future stuff we do too. Absolutely. Also, amazing band name. Just throwing that out there. Oh, dude, fuck it. Let's start Roswellian syndrome. I'm down. There's this. Um, oh, is he an anthropologist? I don't know, sociologist, whatever, who uh, took a look at the whole way the Roswell myth kind of like formulated. And he kind of broke it down into five stages. And the argument is that you can kind of use these stages to look at how like a lot of conspiracy theories develop. So there's stage one, which is the incident. So that's some shit happens. And then the press reports on it in the area. And you got a bunch of primary sources now talking about it. So that's, you know, flying saucer discovered and then, you know, press reports on it, right? Then you've got the next stage, which is like debunking. So then shortly after, it's pretty much like revealed what it was, you know, mm -hmm. and then that's taken care of. And so then there's following that is like number three is submergence. And so the news story, you know, ends and it disappears, but then it stays around in like the recreative memory of everyone. So there's just kind of like sitting in the back of my head, like, Man, did they find that like UFO in Roswell a few years ago? What was that all about? <laughs> Basically, you know, people retelling the story slightly incorrectly every time, just like we're doing right now. Yeah, absolutely. So the pod yeah. our podcast is actually participating in the submergence element mm -hmm. here. Mm -hmm. Knowingly and intentionally. Uh, well, actually, no, we're participating in number four, 
which is mythologizing, which mm. is after submergence, it starts to reemerge. Um, and then you start to tack on shit to the like conspiracy. Um, so if we ever release the moon landing episode, um, one thing we talk about is the Kubrick theory, which is that like Stanley Kubrick was the one who faked the moon landing specifically. That was a yeah. later addition as part of like the mythologizing side of it, you know? Yes. Um, to make it more like interesting and complicated and weird theories get added into it. Right. Though and I then, think actually just, I think that we are stage number five. I don't think that we can uh, call ourselves. Yeah. <laughs> so we're stage number five, which is the bandwagon effect. Um, and it's actually, that's where most of the problems lie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so good on us. Yep. The bandwagon effect is once the, you know, once the weirdos have mythologized it, once you're like 500 listener conspiracy podcasts have thoroughly brought it into like this myth, then the mainstream press starts to put it out um, mm-hmm. in some way. And then you see like all these trashy books start showing up at Barnes and Noble about aliens. Like that's, that's the, the bandwagon effect. Yeah. Um, and then it becomes part of just the public consciousness. And bandwagon effect is like the most interesting part of it to me, because that's the difference between a couple nerds on the internet being interested in this weird thing versus Mm -hmm. it becoming part of mainstream culture. And clearly like it does this because it's, it's invading culture through like the zeitgeist. And, and Roswell Roswell is a unique example almost of, of a conspiracy theory like this totally dominating culture right like you go to the roswell-nm.gov you look at their logo which has a ufo in it you have their version of the ufo story which totally substantiates the whole thing like straight up saying that was the best known (laughs) that was the start of the best known and well-documented ufo cover-up like buy it a hundred percent they've got festivals around it they've got their their baseball team is called the roswell invaders like they lean in and they lean in pretty hard. So for what? So there's the tourism aspect, mm-hmm. um, which I would argue is maybe a, a, like a sixth phase of the conspiracy. That's kind of like once it's entered the mainstream culture, then like these like tourism starts to show up, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but well, like that's, that still fits into the bandwagon, mm-hmm. right? But, but so, like what, what, I, what I think it's interesting, like why the bandwagon effect like happens um, is like, okay, so the rise in the 80s of this attention to uh, Roswell is partially happening because at the time, at least according to anthropologists, mm-hmm. Susan Harding and Kathleen Stewart, um, there is this preoccupation in the 1980s of conspiracy cover-up and repression. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So it's just like there's an interest in government covers up, cover-ups, which right, is well, definitely it- resulting from the Cold War. Like, Absolutely. Yeah, that and you know you had Watergate that happened ten years prior, mm-hmm. and if we're looking at you know bringing MK Ultra back into it, that's a conspiracy theory that's not a conspiracy, right? Like that happened. We have documentation, and all that came out in the early seventies. Oh yeah, yeah. Like like we 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 do that. Be- we buy into conspiracies because of a distrust of the government and mm-hmm. a, and now we come to my thesis statement at the beginning, right? A warranted distrust of the government. Mm-hmm. Well, I think that there's, there's another element to it too. You know, there's the distrust of the government, but there's also 
I think for a lot of people, a little bit of a desire for it to be true, a little bit of a desire for there to be something magical and incredible cool. that is going on behind the scenes, right? I think that's what that's what makes conspiracy theories more interesting than like real conspiracies, though. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, like you're able to channel that distrust of the government into maybe aliens are real, which is like dope. You know, or like, I mean, first off, aliens are definitely real. So let's yeah, just get that right. out of the way. But, but like, a, it, you're channeling it into this cool thing, like lizard, yeah. but like, like, like reptilian conspiracy versus like uh, billionaires, which is boring, but we can right. like actually look at the effects they have on society pretty. Big. But if they're lizards, then that's it's cool. cool. Right. No, there's I mean, a lot of Mark Zuckerberg is definitely a lizard oh, I, person. Yeah. Though, like, that's. I, I agree with that. I, I don't. I don't know that your argument has much. I think he pretty much knocks out, <laughs> knocks down that whole thing you got going there. Well, I, so yeah. So I, I have that argument, but I mean, like, so this is true of a lot of things, and I think as we keep doing episodes, we're going to get into this more and more because the other version of this is like historically more common than science fictiony type conspiracies because those have only been able to be around for the last couple centuries, just technology uh-huh. wise. Um, is like. Uh, apocalyptic prophecies and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I don't remember where I read this, but I remember reading about um, apocalyptic fantasies springing up in the, in the wake of the French revolution um, before oh, the revolution actually like broke out. But it's because like the contradictions in society start kind of becoming apparent. And there's the sense that things are about to end. Um, yes. And I think that's really fair of like what we, you know, you and I are children of a post nine 11 world. And think of the amount of ends of the world that we've witnessed. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, well, I, and I think that's very much like this crack in the, like um, uh, the, 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 the falling apart of American hegemony or whatever can be witnessed in the fact that you and I were like reading up on Mayan calendars at one point in our life. <laughs> yeah. Well, and that rings true of frankly, like young adult fiction that we grew up with as well. Their dystopian fiction was everywhere. Oh, yeah. We're we're like children of the Hunger Games generation. Although I never read more than the first book. But (laughs) everybody was really into it. I remember that. Yeah. Yeah. No. And that that is everywhere. And this and still there there is like that fantastical sense to it that suddenly makes these, you know, generally kind of terrible, dark things have an element of magic to them and that's that's kind of the wonderful thing about conspiracy theories right the wonderful and the terrible thing because when people actually Mm. it's like the flat earth right so when when you have (laughs) either issues or something else that actually makes you buy into it and start rearranging your life around it then that's that's problematic but the fact that these come up you know Mm. most of them like you said they're justifiable in one way or another. You know, you've got like the black helicopters or harp with the government mind control on a mass scale, or they're killing the birds with whatever gases they're putting out to control our minds, man. They got uh, when, trails, when, man. Right. When the reality is, you know, yeah, to a degree, there is an element of government mind control and corporate mind control that happens, but it doesn't look like that and it's not cool or sexy. It's just kind of, you know, yeah, it's it's an advertisement. It's Facebook. Okay. Like specifically what I'll say, and I'm like, 
is that it's a way to deal with the reality of like shitty stuff that's coming to light. Yes. But still do escapism. Yeah. Well, like, if you look at it, so I, I followed the, uh, our conspiracy as coronavirus was starting to, to happen. And just the, the bizarre and reaching, but also just like where people would look to find hope through this, through the yeah. conspiracy theories was, was kind of, incredible but baffling in some ways especially those who are like you know daddy trump has a plan and he's gonna he's gonna make it all happen but you know like which that's that's a different conversation but um (laughs) we might we might in a few months just have to do like a covid episode oh my god yeah yeah (laughs) once uh once we're like you know neck deep in phase two yeah the second wave then uh, yeah once once I'm quarantined and on a ventilator, <laughs> we can. My buddy just got COVID from going yeah, to the my, gym. Yeah. My uh, roommate, my well, my college roommate, who's so not with me right now, but yeah. uh, just got tested because uh, uh, he worked at a retirement home and Oof. he just got sick. And then three people at the retirement home just got confirmed cases. So yeah, that's it's wild. I like you know I work in healthcare and the the. Uh, I don't know. The the mixed messaging is crazy because you've got a ton of doctors saying it's like, yeah, it's not really that big of a deal. You don't really need to wear a mask. Like, let's mm-hmm. be real here. But then you've got a ton of other doctors that are super in on it, like, you know, super, super with it. And then you've got one thing from the government, the C- CDC, you've got something from the White House, and then you've got something from other countries. And then you've got the what's circulating and thing in places like Twitter and yeah, there's other- there's those of us who are watching the pandemic documentary, you know. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> confuses it even more. It's it's just fascinating because we're we're seeing so many different stories unfold all at once, mm. and there 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 truthfully isn't a great way to to determine what's real and what isn't because frankly nobody knows, you know. Yeah. We're, so, we're learning and it's changing so and so i i like yeah so to pull it back to the topic specifically like pulling like going to conspiracy theories is a way to accept terrible reality but in this like escapist easy to handle way mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. like it's easy to handle and it's easy to understand because the you know the longer i've worked in uh in corporate america and in healthcare the more I see just how horribly complex mm. everything is. And well, if you're able to distill these issues down to something simple enough to just, you know, <laughs> write down on, on your, your Reddit post or something, then yeah, there, there's something comforting about that because right. you can understand it. And I, I think this is, this is like kind of what I was getting at earlier, but it's not quite related to COVID, but I, I think what a lot of people have a hard time dealing with is just the general banality of evil, right? Like, and so because of that, we want to make monsters, literally in the sense of the reptilian conspiracy, literal monsters yeah. out of that, which is just like banal. Like, that's just like, it, it's it's easier to believe that billionaires are all re- reptiles than it is to believe um, that they're just kind of dudes just trying to make money. And they're mm-hmm. making deals and rigging markets because they just want more power. And it's easier right. to believe in the well, Illuminati than just reconcile yourself with the fact that Amazon is choosing to buy everything. Yeah. You yeah. Know? And, <laughs> you know, it's, it's even further complicated where, 
you know, you assume a level of intent and um, like knowledge of what you're doing when, when the reality is like most incredibly wealthy people, their brains aren't going like, oh, how can I steal from you or you today? Like in their minds, I'm yeah. sure that, that this is like a new thing that they're hearing or well, that they don't understand. And I'm not trying to like defend it. That's no, 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 no. Not what I'm doing. But, you know, it's it's like this is I'm just trying to make make money. And I recognize that they're, you know, in the circles I'm in the circles everyone's in. You're never the richest one unless you, you know, literally are. Right. It's, uh, yeah. It's a different I, world. Yeah. I mean, for fuck's sake, like when we're talking about like maybe good intentions with this stuff, not to say that there's always good intentions, but just like, you know, but banal intentions behind stuff like mm -hmm. we live in like this post snowden world right where we're like yeah. aware of mass surveillance as a thing mm -hmm. but generally i think most people running that mass surveillance do believe they're just doing it for counterterrorism measures or they're just doing you know the shit i've witnessed with like cops in in re reaction to blm stuff they're doing crazy surveillance stuff where they're able to find where someone lives and shows up show mm -hmm. up like like you know like bad guys in 1984 yeah but they're doing it because they think BLM is a threat to their organization, which, yeah. you know, it is, I still think is evil, but the intent is really banal. It's just, I mean, job you could security. even say that the intent is good, right? Like, right. Um, but it's and, like, a, you know, yeah. nobody sees themselves as the villain. Nobody is the villain in their own eyes. And so, so yeah, I mean, that, that certainly stands to, stands to reason that, that their intentions would be largely good. And that's of course not the case across the board for some reason. There's just terrible people that do terrible things for no reason. But by and large, people are good with what they understand to be good. Yeah, that's that's why I, you know, as I guess in as a I I guess self-identified far leftist, I, I take mm -hmm. more seriously like thinkers like Marx or whoever, like mm -hmm. like a lot of the leftist thinkers because they're they're materialists and so they're not really interested in people's intent. And yeah. because of that, they're able to kind of point to a way in which it can all be kind of a giant conspiracy, but everybody could still be participating in it with decent intent. You know, they're mm -hmm. just kind of doing the thing that like class interests and in like has them do. Yeah, and it's I mean, not it's not because they're twirling their mustache at the top. They're just doing because they want more money. And especially when you're talking about like maybe I a mass industry dealing with globalism they're 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 just looking at numbers they're not looking at like i'm I mean, doing this we're in a thing right but we're we're in a system that the the goal is to make money you know obviously at the end of right. the day any business cannot exist without making money and therefore the number one goal of that business is going to be to make money no matter what you do or how good your intentions are at the end of the day you have one singular goal that will drive all of your decisions and when you're in that world, you're you're in a little microcosm where you're not necessarily going to be thinking of society at large because now you've got a company and you've got a lot of people who are relying on you and their families are relying on you to give them to get them paychecks. So yeah, you're you need to keep the company afloat. And this could be for very good intentions without, mm -hmm. you know, fully grasping the ramifications of what happens to the people at the bottom it's it's the 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 truism of like the the yeah road to hell is paved with good intentions like mm -hmm. i don't know yeah um, yeah this and episode anyway. <laughs> is so 
loosely related to Roswell that at this point I feel like we should title it something like Roswell and capitalism because <laughs> it's not even Roswell, it's about what Roswell among, other things. among a lot of other things. <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, so we're we're sitting at about an hour, um, and we're, we definitely we're, should still go through we, our final segments and shit. Yeah, we, okay we got to do that a long stuff, episode. Yeah, and uh, you know, in editing, we can shave some things down if need be, cut out some less hilarious bits. I know, I know. How can you pick? But you're talking to me as an editor, man. I I, I love I love keeping this terrible shit in. It's so funny to me. The trick is, will it be funny to anyone else? Well, that's does not it the matter? Goal. That's the goal of the podcast is just to be funny to you and me, though. Right. To make I, I would like to add a third goal, and that is to make others suffer. But <laughs> predominantly make things the worst thing to listen to ever. Yeah, I, I'm just I would like to have a dog whistle in the background of the entire podcast, just like this what? shrill noise. I want a small group of people to feel obligated to listen to our show because they know us personally. And then uh, just really make those people miserable. That's that's kind of where yeah. I'm at. Uh, Looking at yeah, you, just... Seth and Austin and other Seth. Yeah, fucking over our loved ones. That's the goal. Exactly, exactly. Not that I would show anybody that I am remotely close to this podcast, but yeah. who is not already on on the Twitter, you know, the Twitter the Twitterverse. Um, mm-hmm. Well, like, uh, like, what was that? One of one of the guys I know through Twitter was like, uh, "If I have a mutual that has a podcast, I listen to it." And I was like, "Oh, buddy, you're gonna regret that." And this podcast <laughs> is designed to be his personal hell. Yeah, that's what it is. What what do we what do we do at the end? Uh, well, usually we've got some sort of bit that we'll do. I think we uh, last episode we sold things. Uh, we advertise. Oh, we got to advertise our Patreon. That's what we, we got to do. do. That I'm gonna I'm gonna take a piss first. All right. I can't hear you anymore. Nice. This podcast is brought to you in part by Casper Mattresses. Casper Mattresses is a mattress company that makes mattresses, and frankly, a lot of people on the internet think they're great. I haven't slept in one. I wouldn't know. They're not paying me to do this ad, but it's kind of what people on podcasts do. So we're taking a shot and we'll see how it goes. Casper Mattress. Sleep. This episode is brought to you in part by Eat Fresh, which is Subway's tagline. So I really don't know how they got away with that name unless I got the name wrong, which is possible. This episode is brought to you in part by Blue Apron. The color of the apron that we hope that you'll wear when you're making our delicious meals that we send directly to your door. We ran out of the refrigerated boxes, so we'll be using the regular ones, and we do not accept any liability of spoiled or otherwise unsafe to consume foods. That's literally what the script they gave is, so. Blue apron. Fresh. (laughs) (laughs) You want me to edit that in at a random point? (laughs) Please, See if we please. Get some money. Did you hear all of my ads or just the one? No, I did not. I was oh, I did, I did several. So I only heard what I put my headphones back on. What was nice. going on? Well, there's a, yeah, a little treat for you in the editing bay. I'm excited. Hey, Jared, why don't you tell, uh, why don't you tell the people, the, the good listeners, what they can expect if they subscribe to our Patreon? So we're a small podcast. We're here doing what we love for the listeners 
that we love to talk to, but not hear from, because that's how a podcast works. To keep doing what we're doing, it takes money, a lot of money, more money than you would think, honestly. And we want to keep doing what we're doing. And frankly, you want us to keep doing what we're doing. And so we put together a Patreon and we would love if you and your friends and everybody else, you know, would go over there, put some money in and we're going to make it worth your while because not only does contributing to our Patreon mean that this podcast keeps happening, but we've got some perks. So we've got three tiers on the first tier. If you pay us $3, commit to $3 a month, um, we will for an entire month post shit about you on Twitter. <laughs> We're going to start some nasty rumors. It's going to be career suicide and it's going to be great. And we've got tier two. Tier two is $5 a month. And if you can pledge $5 a month to very legal, very cool. We're going to do the exact same thing as on tier one, except it's going to be a lot meaner. And we're going to forward some of those nasty rumors to some people in your workplace. And now we got tier three. We're going to do that. We're going to do that same thing that we're going to do on tier one and the same thing we're going to do on tier two. But we're also going to talk shit about you live on air on the podcast. We might even, you know, give you a call, get to know you and then use that as material in the podcast itself as we're just talking shit, ripping you apart and forwarding it on to your friends and family. Uh, yeah, if you subscribe to the top tier, um, I'll try to find a copy of um, 1980, uh, the Roswell incident. Is that what it's called? Yeah, sure. Yes. I'll buy you. I'll buy you a copy of the Roswell incident. Josiah, you, you understand how money works, right? Yeah. One second. Roswell. <laughs> so, I want to see how how far did the <laughs> into the red we just got um roswell incident 1980 okay so so, so we've gotten ourselves 50 dollars in the red jesus christ <laughs> yeah. we beg that you there, stay a patreon for at least uh, five months there's only one copy left in stock in amazon i'll probably look somewhere else how are going, going for $62.80. Is there like a free PDF we can send? <laughs> the best part is the nobody buys this book. <laughs> Obviously. So all there's all this stuff that would have been caught by Amazon if people actually bought this. But they haven't. So the publication date written on here is January 1st, 1640. No, that sounds right, actually. Um, uh, it does look like there's a mass market paperback for like $6. I'm going to be real with you guys. That's the I one I'm going to buy yeah. that one yeah. for you. Not that, well, that, that leaves us with a $6 profit. So I think I'm okay with that as our de facto accountant. If our Patriot subscriber reads that, they'll have done more research for the podcast than we have. That's true. That's, <laughs> That's true. We have a very strict rule of no more than a half hour of research for each episode. Which we is prefer why to operate on hearsay and gossip. Just anecdotes and rumors. Just nothing. <laughs> that's uh, it. That's it. Um, let's see. We also have... Let's see. We also have... I'm supposed to come up with something about Twitter, which I didn't do again. So something terrible on Twitter is supposed to be what I'm supposed to say. Mm -hmm. 
I'm just looking at Twitter right now. I'm not even going to click. Uh, I just see that the Redskins is trending. And generally, there's good. no good reason that that's that happening. That can't be good at all. I, th- I think we just let that let that lie where it's at. So, anyway. Um, <laughs> never good. Uh, do you want to do some plugs before we get out of here? Yeah, yeah, let's do some plugs. Yeah, I'll let you start if you've uh, if you've got any more 80s bands. <laughs> you guys heard of uh, uh, New Order? Do you know ACDC? Do you guys know The Cure? <laughs> Oh, fuck. I actually had something. Oh, what was it? I got my two clugs. Like, I want to do, I'll, I'll do like a piece of media and then a podcast. I feel like a good all thing right, to do right. a podcast is you should, you should also be advertising other podcasts. What so, if you uh, don't listen to podcasts? Yeah. Then that, you know, I don't know what you're doing here, but I get it. Um, no, what if I, would, I don't listen to podcasts? I would never tell anyone to listen to a podcast. So I, I understand. I would that. never wish that on anyone. Yeah. Um, as for media, though, uh, I'm I'm just recommending a song, but that song is uh, just like the single off of an album that's coming out. So you should mm-hmm. like listen to the song and then get excited for the album, like I am, mm-hmm. which is "Grounds" by Idols. Uh, is right. is a good song, but they're coming out with a new album, and I'm just a big Idols fan. It's one of my favorite bands, so you should you should check that out. And then podcast wise, oh shit, I should have actually thought of something. Um, well, fundamentally, this is uh, this is a Christian podcast. Yes, obviously. Um, and so if you, you know, if you want to dig deeper into the Christian faith, but, you know, you're also a communist, mm-hmm. uh, you should check out the Magnificast, uh, a podcast about Christianity and the left. It's actually pretty good, although I've fallen behind pretty, pretty recently. But they uh, in an episode, a couple episodes back, they interviewed Marcus Redeker, who's one of my mm-hmm. favorite historians. So, yeah. Uh, about Benjamin Lay, the Quaker dwarf, who uh, was the first, like one of the first people to be advocating against modern slavery, like as an abolitionist. Huh. He's pretty dope. Fascinating. Yeah. All right. Well, let's see. What do I have? Um, hmm. Hmm. I can literally hear you looking around your room right now. <laughs> I hate that. <laughs> like, well, what's that, in here? Uh, that is what I was doing. Uh, have you guys read Harry Potter? <laughs> Oh man. Um well I plugged the Netflix show last time and I watch a lot of TV. So good for you. Thank you. Thank you. I would like to plug the the show um Good Omens. I know it's not new, but it's relatively new and it's got David Tennant in it and I watched it all in one sitting and it was really good. And really anything based off anything that Terry Pratchett has done is generally pretty good. So Good Omens, um great show highly recommend uh it's an amazon original so hell yeah check it out um as far as another kind of plug i would like to pass okay i can't think of anything i like oh i like the song um uh malibu man by that guy from the black keys dan something Auerbach. yeah he's good big fan um also one thing i'm gonna throw out there is this uh this evening i tried out corona hard seltzer for the first time Uh, i've never had a corona hard seltzer and i got a mixed pack here so i tried to work through each of each flavor throughout the podcast so i'm gonna rank them now oh nice so in this pack we got tropical lime cherry mango and blackberry lime you say blackberry lime's the best 
Mm-hmm. Mango's the second best. Tropical lime is the third best, and cherry's the worst. So nice. If you nice. ever want to grab one of those, that's that's my ranking. I've got a marketing idea. What we should do is we should go to every podcast that might be remotely similar to what we're doing and follow all of their followers. Isn't that, I think that's the thing people do. It 100% is. Yeah, I know. Because that's why I have all these podcasts following me that I've never listened to. Yep. It's annoying. It's super annoying. But not only is that on brand, but sometimes it works. Yeah, that is kind of us. What I used to do is I set up a automation on my Twitter account that anytime anybody posted about a certain topic, and I had a couple different topics, it would add them to a Twitter list, and they would see that I added them to a Twitter list. And I usually had them as very flattering names on the lists, like marketing pros and stuff like that. Super hot. Super hot. And then, uh, and then many of them would follow me. And I got very few mean messages, though I did get several. I should do that. And I also got hundreds of followers very quickly. Man, that's cool. Right. And now I work in marketing. I feel like the Venn diagram of your followers and my followers are just going to include mutual friends. And like, that's about it. Guaranteed. Guaranteed. I'm not on marketing Twitter at all. I'm not either anymore. I don't know why they still follow me. I'm on like communist lefty Twitter. I have like a foot in the door there and a foot in the door in design Twitter. And then I got, I got my, I got, I probably have more, I have more following from uh, like lefty Christian Twitter specifically. Mm. Um, That's like, cause I mean, at the very least I have a group DM I'm in of lefty shit post or Christian shit posters. So that, that I'm not in a, I'm not in a shit posting group for any of the other identities that I hold. Mm. So. I think that probably means I'm more in that. To to push myself even further off brand, I do all of my shit posting on uh, hobby circle jerk forums on Reddit. I, I thought you were going to say LinkedIn. <laughs> that too. <laughs> that too. And LinkedIn shit posters. They're so brave, yet so foolish. There's a Eugene Merman bit about shit posting on on LinkedIn. <laughs> I'm sure there is. I Yeah, that's all he does is just take things and then make them work the way they're not supposed to. That's why his comedy is so funny to me. I love his stuff. But I think that uh we've we've progressed far beyond the end of the podcast and Yeah, I'd likely so. should cut most of that out. Oh, I'll keep it at all. And I hope okay. you do. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Cuz again, we're we're nearing like an hour and a half here. Okay. Okay. Are you ready? Are you ready to be done? I'm very ready to be done. I am 100% set to be done. (laughs) Thank you for listening to Very Legal, Very Cool, a podcast devoted to uh, repeating government propaganda. Our music is a garage band loop that I found and stuck a drum beat behind. Um, And you should subscribe to us on Patreon and follow us on Twitter. That's at VLegal. This is going to be a bitch to edit. It's so good. Yeah, for you.